Welcome to this week's episode of Esports Wrap. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan, and this week we're going to be talking about esports and the Olympics, the Asian Games, and it being a metal sport. Um, when I say metal sport, I mean, you know, you're actually winning a medal, uh, like gold, silver, or bronze. Now, for a long time now, esports has been trying its best to get up there in the rankings so that people actually can say and with pride that you know they go to an esports event and to compete or that they're they're watching esports or something along those lines and i'll admit some of these turnouts have been monumental even like just dealing with one particular game in an esport uh just look at what happens with um Overwatch with uh, during the BlizzCon event that was packed. There are League of Legends stadiums that are packed, Rocket League stadiums that are packed. Granted, these are not like stadiums just built for these games, but they're the places that they're being hosted. So the fact that they can fill a stadium that's pretty impressive. Now moving past that and we have to keep in mind that these asian games and the olympics and stuff like that these are typically stadiums that are built to hold well olympic level sporting events that means these are much much bigger than the the typical sporting arena um much <laughs> to put it simply these are the generally bigger than what you'd find at your local football field so what we would do with esports with the olympics we have to start somewhere and that somewhere seems to be the asian games and earlier this year i think it was april April, somewhere between April 17th and 19th. Uh, the Asian Games Committee decided, you know, we'll, we'll host it. We'll host some events. And it seems that it's been taken just a little step further to really introduce it to the players. So, uh, when it comes to Asian Games 2018... We're noticing that what seems the Pyeongchang 2018 Winter Olympic Games, there will be a demonstrating demonstration sport taking part in an event called the Intel Extreme Master. Kind of weird name, right? But um, from what I'm reading. The event is is a product of the IOC, so I'm guessing that's the International uh, Olympic Committee. Man well, the IOC's marriage that was cons uh, <laughs> consummated immediately with Intel and Alibaba. Uh, Alibaba, as we know, is going ham with sponsoring and trying to make esports a really, really big thing, not only in Asia, but internationally. I'll get more to, uh, to them in just a moment, though. 
Truth be told, there was an official three-day courting period in September during the Asian martial arts and indoor games when esports demonstrated all their appeal, so much so that they ended up as the official program of the Asia Games in Hangzhou, China in 2022. Medal ceremony included. So that's that's leading up to we're having it start in 2018 as a demonstration and then going to 2022 where it's going to be they're going to be introducing several different things to it with then hopes of it going to the 2024 olympics which are in paris there's still a lot more like detail underneath this though so stick with me so the qualifications for the extreme masters tournament apparently is open to any player in the world including hackers I'm not exactly sure what they mean by that. In order to qualify, one must only register for it during the current month and participate in the global online competitions. Also, a live event has been organized and planned for December in Beijing so that the top two Chinese qualifiers can compete against each other and then in Pyeongchang against the rest of the world. So... There are some problems that some people are having with it, such as how many federations will have to be founded in order to organize and regulate the numerous e-athletes between the ages of 10 and 90, whose number could quickly reach a billion. Will it be possible to unite them under one Olympic roof, or will this prove as fertile soil for the production companies, which will organize their own competitions and Olympics? What's going to happen with anti-doping controls? Now, apparently, that's already been announced for Pyeongchang. However, there will be e-doping controls. Well, will there be e-doping controls which will concentrate on searching for malicious software and preventing match-fixing since the virtual world comes with some negative sides as the real one? Not only that, but in order for esports champions, young people also need to dedicate hours and hours of training and will therefore have no time to pursue other ambitions in more developed countries the interest for practicing traditional sports will probably be in decline maybe the future more people will more people will dictate their time or well to sports activities in the gyms or sunday runs as thousands of e-athletes will be in search of a little sense of, of relaxation but Again, this that particular part, it comes as something that should be well known. That you can't just sit down and play games. You you do have to go out. You have to eat right. You have to actually be physically fit, uh, or at least be active, so that not only your body's right, but physical activity also keeps your mind clear, and keeps you sharp, keeps your reaction sharp as well with your body. So, when we take a look a little bit further, now people are asking if esports can really be considered a sport, and what does it really mean for the sporting landscape? Now, I've, I've kind of talked about this in the past, that traditional sports has taken some elements from esports. They've the teams have joined up 
with esports teams or sponsoring them or stuff like that or even making their own teams and esports has also taken from well traditional sports in terms of training regimens and actually building teams and leagues and stuff like that so it's both are helping one another and at this sense yes both are sports it's just one is physical one is a bit more mental but still has some physical aspects to it um well i probably said that wrong one is more physical with a bit of mental and one is more mental with a bit of physical now A destination in August appeared one step closer when Tony Estegat, co-president of the Paris Olympic Bid Committee, confirmed that he would be discussing the possible inclusion of esports in the 2024 Games. Now, when he expressed his skepticism as to whether esports could even be considered a sport with regard to physical activity and what it needs to be considered a sport and the absence of international federation or a structure that will give us confidence, the IOC then came back since they had uh, discussed the development of esports and they concluded that esports are showing strong uh, growth, especially within the youth demographic across different countries, and can provide a platform for engagement with the Olympic movement. Not only that, but competitive esports can be considered as a sporting activity, and the players involved prepare and train with an intensity which may be comparable to athletes in traditional sports. But in order for it to be recognized by the IOC as a sport, the content of esports must not infringe upon the Olympic values, which means that there will be certain games that will not be playable. Uh, and further requirement for recognition by the IOC must be the existence of an organization guaranteeing compliance with the rules and regulations of the Olympic movement, such as anti-doping, betting, manipulation, etc. Well, betting has already become a thing with esports, so I'm not really too sure how that's going to work out. Um, then again, betting will happen regardless, so it's kind of eh. But apparently that was also then followed a few days later by the IOC announcing that in partnership with one of its top sponsors, Intel, it will then come up with that whole Winter Olympics 2018 demonstration, where they will deliver two distinct gaming experiences to Korea in the lead up to Pyeongchang 2018. Uh, Masters Pyeongchang Esports Tournament featuring one of the most celebrated esports title of all time, which is StarCraft II, and a separate exhibition featuring Ubisoft's action sports title, Steep, The Road to the Olympics, an official licensed game of the Winter Olympics Pyeongchang 2018. A game I've actually never heard about until now. That's kind of weird. But whilst on the occasion, the IOC have stopped short of including esports within the games themselves. So the managing director, Timo Lume, who is the, um, well, managing director of IOC television and marketing services, said that following on the, following on from the Olympic summit last week, which is, you know, back then, 
The IOC will now explore esports relationships with the Olympic movement further. This is just the start of an exciting future, and we're ex interested to see how the experiences will play out. Now, if we move on from that, so again, we now have two games being shown off at this demonstration event. It's not, it's not going to be a full-fledged event. We then have the 2022 Asian Games, which is where things will really start to pick off. Because not only are we also going to be having something like e uh, Battlefront, sorry, not Battlefront. <coughs> sorry about that. Uh, Starcraft 2, but, well, okay, here, here's the actual deal. FIFA 2017 soccer video game is the only one that's actually been confirmed for the 2022 Olympic, well, um, Asian Games. Why is the 2017 one and not the um, 2018 one? I'm honestly not 100% sure, considering that it's still a few years away. Maybe they want to make sure that players are fully... Uh, aware of how the games play and so it gives them a long time to actually build up for it but i think that's quite a bit of time because when you consider that that's five years that this game is essentially going to be out the game's going to be outdated by then like it's it's only 2000 it's still 2017 now we're going on 2018 and this is a 2022 games there's going to be new consoles, so that's new hardware with better graphics, better performance, better speeds. There's going to be new games with a lot better graphics, a lot better controls, a lot better movement, a lot better strategy. I'm not quite sure how this is really going to pace up properly with what they're planning. But there are also going to be other games such as uh starcraft 2 uh or at least so it's guessed because they actually do say that it'll be a real-time strategy game and of course one of the most popular ones out there is starcraft 2. now by that time will starcraft 3 come out and become a thing i'm not sure but that's that's more up to the game makers but considering the fact that they have specifically stated FIFA 2017 is and they've actually confirmed that StarCraft 2 might be the game that they actually decide to go with. And of course, it's going to be another multiplayer online battle arena game or MOBA, which will either be League of Legends or Dota 2. I have a feeling it's going to be League of Legends considering that Tencent is a really big, well, gaming company over in Asia, and they own League of Legends. Well, Dota 2, I, I don't really think so. So, it's going to be much like the Pan American Games, where Asian Games is a multi-sport comp um, competition, and Asian Games is actually touted as second only to the Olympics in terms of pure size. 
For example, there were 10,000 Olymp- athletes that participated in the most recent two Asian Games in 2014. Now, along with the announcement that, you know, esports inclusion at the Asian Games, the OCA announced that the partnership with Chinese sports internet company AliSports or Alibaba, um, you know, the subsidiary Alibaba, the Amazon or eBay of China, you know, that Alibaba is essentially going to sponsor the events. And last year, AliSports invested $150 million into the International Sports Federation, a South Korean organization that submitted a request for esports consideration into the International Olympic Committee. The inclusion of esports in the Asian Games serves as a preliminary testing ground for the possible inclusion in the Olympics and a sign that Ali Sports wants to be a huge player in esports. So, moving on from that, we also have found that there are two websites that <laughs> have been made eolympics2024.com and esportolympic.org. Both pretty much take you to roughly the same site, designed a little differently, but uh, one of them actually links back and it's mainly because neither of them are actually built up properly. They're all, you know, for the most part, just saying coming soon or will launch soon. Um, the e Olympics 2024 one actually just says esports history is being made. It's beginning with the 2022 Asian games, East Asia 22, even though it then also uh, for the left-hand side says e Olympics 2024.com and that's that's essentially this website right here so it seems that the same group of people that are going to be pushing the asian games for 2022 are also going to try push it for the olympics in 2024 so there's already a sense of consistently going forward we have a demonstration we have a testing ground and then we have the olympics not only that, but the company that actually built this website seems to have some interesting ideas. They have a campaign that says ahead of the game, which is and the target is to build brand awareness and tar- and traffic on various social media channels. They have some QR codes here that for the different social media channels that I haven't gone to as of yet. Um, and then they have this other banner that says ahead of the game where the global esport elite gets sorted and then says Paris 2024 esport So for the most part, <laughs> we've got some serious things here, then some serious buildup. Now I do want to mention that esports for the most part have been sanctioned medaled sports already at the asian indoor martial arts and um sorry asian martial arts indoor ah lord i forget exactly the name for it but i mentioned it earlier on in the show but essentially that's already had esports they've already given up medals there now a smaller festival, you know, that it is, regardless, it's still a part of the Olympic ecosystem. And it featured 
stuff like StarCraft 2, Hearthstone, Dota 2, and a few others. So the idea that the Olympics might host more than just these three basic games, FIFA 2, StarCraft 2, and probably League of Legends, you will probably find other games such as Hearthstone, Overwatch, uh, a few other things like that, that you find more in the competitive scene when it comes to esports. Now, the reason why that the Olympics might want to do this is because they, <laughs> if you haven't noticed it by now, they, they mentioned the youth quite a bit. And they're really looking at bringing in millennials. And not only just as players, but as viewers. Because the Olympics, quite honestly, faced its first rating slip in more than a decade at the 2016's Rio Games. The primetime viewership for the 18 to 49 year old um, age group was 25% smaller compared with the previous Olympics game. At least according to Bloomberg. And the inclusion of esports could help to address this and they're considering that nearly 51% of esports fans are millennials and at least some good percentage of that would want to take a look and watch at the Olympics, especially during that time period. Now, they've already added games such as basketball, 303 basketball at that, freestyle BMX, uh, there's obviously skateboarding now, and other things like that, which weren't original Olympic games. So they're not adverse to adding things. It's just making sure that they adhere cohesively to their statements. Now, people are looking at this as esports now having a look at becoming validated. That, you know, it's now a legitimate mainstream sport. It's no longer something you have to hide behind and, like, worry that, you know, your parents are going to browbeat you saying, that, you know, why aren't you going out and playing uh, baseball or basketball or soccer or something like that uh, with the hopes of you becoming an athlete. And getting scholarships and stuff like that where, you know, if this becomes an actual sport and on the Olympic level, you will find a lot more places doing very similar things that they would do for sports with esports. But then this still leads to one main thing. You need a central governing body for these esports events. Currently, right now, we have a bunch of different esports tournaments and championships that are run worldwide but no one is centrally managing them only really and truly the either the people that are running the tournaments or the companies that are building the games to run them see overwatch's league or um hearthstone uh championship tours or the third party tournaments that happen So, honestly, the gaming nucleus of esports, including an overview of popular esports genres and games, the influence of game publishers, and the spectrum of strategies that they adopt towards the respective sports scenes, 
and the role of esport event producers and tournaments they operate. That those are some things that we really need to start taking a look at. You're going to find more people moving over to esports jobs as well. Announcers, uh, people who are doing the recording. So the videographers, people behind the cameras, the editors, the, like we mentioned earlier on in the show, you know, since it's computers, you need to make sure that these are not being maliciously infected to then alter a player's chances in the game, uh, quote unquote, hacking the game. So you need to make sure that these are not someone else's computers. You need to make sure that they don't have access to USB drives like that. They're not being tampered with. They have the proper security. They're locked down, preferably in a sandbox environment. You know, things that really help to make this credible. Because yes, it is new. It is digital. And it's going completely off the paradigm shift from what was there before for the Olympics and sporting events on a whole when you come to things like that. So they're going to have to take a look at what current sporting events are doing with esports. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be doing with betting, but I know, like I mentioned earlier, that's been a big thing. I've mentioned that before in one of my previous shows. Betting, when esports gets to that level, will be hard to stop. It's already hard to stop now. So they have their work really cut out for them. I honestly don't know how to give any better suggestions than that. By the way, the, um, the company that just so you know how serious this is, the company that is making the website for this esports olympics 2024 and esports uh asian games 2022 website is called media control they're the same company that makes websites for adidas bear uh l'oreal sharp libre uh lenovo nescafe aig samsonite clinique always carefree tele2 uh, P&G, Kraft, MTV, Levi's, Maybelline, Johnson & Johnson, Nestle. You know, they've got some, they've got some weight behind them. So, it might be interesting to see, I mean, granted, their placeholder looks horrific and quite literally poor, poor, shoddy work. But the website, I'm, I'm hoping, looks a lot better. So if you do go to those websites, give it with a grain of salt until it's actually up. But now that I think about it, there are some people that are also complaining about esports becoming an Olympic event. And it's video gamers. Apparently they fear that their hobby will become too professional and spoiled by extra rules. How that would really affect hobbyist players, I don't quite see it, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But if I read this article from the dailymail.co.uk, it's, it's essentially saying that esports is growing fast and that 
lot what one was this this was okay this month uh more than four hundred thousand play uh, fans flocked to beijing's birds nest olympic stadium last month to watch the final of the world championships of league of legends one of the most played video games on the planet Esports is included to be a medal sport for the first time 2024 Olympic Games, like I mentioned. And uh, let's see. This particular player, everyone in esports has a nickname. Yes. Apparently he's skeptical. I do understand people, and I've heard this complaint quite a lot, who say we are losing what esport is. It is supposed to be guys in jeans and t-shirts talking to their mates about video games. What? Um, apparently, he's an esports commentator and veteran of the scene. There are people who feel like we are trying to be too professional. An American who has been involved in esports for nearly a decade said that for some, Olympic inclusion would help justify those from outside of what they do. But speaking in Shanghai at the tournament of the battle game Dota 2, Walsh added, I am happy that people are interested in esports. I want to include it, but I don't care if it is in the Olympics, as most people in esports don't. What? There are a lot of people that are looking to bring the Olympics, well, esports into the Olympics because they want that validation. But I guess there's always two sides to every coin, right? All the Olympic does is get people involved in a scene that they don't really understand and they will put up certain rules and regulations that just don't fit. Okay, so they work for the Olympics. This is supposed that. Another renowned broadcaster admitted that there was a split within esports over the push to put it on par with the 100 meter sprinting and other traditional Olympic disciplines. Personally, I think the Olympics will put too many restrictions on us. Um... There are country-based esports teams, but that's not what makes esports strong. That is saying forcing teams into nationalities would break up many current top teams apart. But makes how does that even make sense? There are athletes that quite literally are from another country that move over to another country to be a part of their team. If the same kind of thing happens. I don't see how that breaks up a team. And typically it's better for teams to be together when they play games. Typically. It just it helps to really make things flow a little bit easier. But of course, you know, there are teams that do work separate and apart across different states and countries. But just go and play together when it's time. It's, it's almost as simple as that. You join the team of the country that you want to be a part of. Now, what makes esports really strong is the fact that you take a blend of multiple regions and you put them into one team. Though typically I find that Asians tend to stick together, so it's I'm not quite sure about that one. Um, China's LGD gaming are a major force in professional esports with about 100 players, and most of them Chinese. Um, Honestly, I'm I'm just hearing a bunch of nonsense with that. I, I hate to say it. But 
that does wrap up this week's episode of Esports Wrap. I am really looking forward to these events that come out. I'll be looking forward to the demonstration in 2018. I'll be looking forward to the start off event in 2022 and hopefully seeing a slew of games in the 2024 Olympic Games, not just three or four, especially if, you know, there are multiple countries because then that would really make it a nice international and worldwide type of event. You never know. You may find some interesting, uh, interesting sets of players, much like the Jamaican or African bobsled teams. I don't know. Something may come along and surprise us. Either way, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching. Don't forget that Tech Talk is live this coming Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Esports Rap will be back next week, Tuesday, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. And until next time, I'm Michael Amorgan. Enjoy a cookie.